We know the kitchen is where it all goes on. We chew the fat, make all of life's big decisions and eat straight from the tin when no one's watching. Join me, Anna Barnett, as I head straight to the heart of our guest home, where I swoon over interiors. I'm impressed by the sheer scale of a fridge and cover the most organised of freezers. We dig deep. Discuss career highs, career lows, condiment shelves and so much more. There's of course plenty of serious food chat. Each week we'll finish things off with our guests' best sandwich efforts and possibly a snoop in their fridge. This week's guest grew up part of rock and roll royalty. She is fabulous, she is outspoken, shockingly honest, and has a laugh like no other. She and her family are known the world over from music to reality TV via theatre, acting, dancing, writing, and presenting. Today's brilliant guest joins us from the dizzy heights of Los Angeles. Kelly Osborne, welcome to The Filming. Hi! <laughs> Hi! I've not done one of these on computer and headphones. But it, this is the first time I have done this with someone in the UK. Ooh. So this is this is new. Well, thank you very much new. for joining us, and I'm excited to see that you're in your kitchen. I am in my kitchen, and I thought you were going to be so impressed with me because I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my kitchen so fun, and I made it pink, and then I just think it looks like the influencer wall that everyone goes and takes pictures <laughs> with. You can really open up the door, earn some extra cash, and let people come in, use it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cal, before we talk about your kind of your multifaceted career, the possibility of the Osbournes returning to our screens, and of course what you put into your go-to sandwich, let's start with um, how things are for you in the kitchen right now. What's going on? Okay, so one of the things during quarantine, like everybody else, I was like, I'm going to learn how to cook. So, so I went through like sourdough, the banana bread. Did you go that far? No. Okay. <laughs> No, anything people were doing and I was like, I don't, you, you know me, yeah. everyone's doing it. I ain't doing it. Even if I really want it because everyone's doing it, I'm like, nope. So that didn't really happen. But I learned how to make English food that I miss. Oh, go on. So like um, Yorkshire puddings and shepherd's pie and all the things that like I couldn't get my hands on. Yeah. And then I would figure out then how to make it in a healthier way. Oh, okay. So in a shepherd's pie, instead of using minced beef, I used lean minced turkey and different spices so that it, and add more vegetables to it. So it's a little bit better for you. Yeah, I am very impressed with this. So I know your face is like, why are you doing it? (laughs) What? And like, there's little things that I have learned. Because throughout all of quarantine, I was vegan the whole time. Right. Okay. Because this, I was going to ask you about this. Okay. So, so what I did was I ordered like one of those meal prep companies that yeah, yeah. delivered all the food, and it was in portioned out, yeah, um, ready to cook, kind of like Blue Apron. I don't know if you have it there or Easy Fresh, yeah, but it's vegan, and you. I just followed the recipes every day. And before I knew it, I was just doing it without it. And I didn't need that's so good this, this stuff anymore. But it really helped me lose a lot of weight. The way that I started was 10,000 steps a day. 10,000 steps a day. Vegan, pre, like, pre-ready made meals. And I... Uh, no, I had to make them. The ingredients oh, okay, yeah, yeah. was fresh. I still had to cook it. But I would literally put miles down walking around my kitchen counter. 
just around the kitchen. Day long. Oh. Yeah, because you can't go oh, outside. Yeah, of course, of course. And so then I was like, oh, okay, what can I do with myself? I'm so bored. So I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a, a health thing because my brother had his family in his house. Yeah. My sister quarantined with my parents, so I was alone. And so I was like, no one's watching me. I'm just going to do this. That's amazing. Well, because I was kind of going to ask you a bit more about that in terms of, I guess, this whole, this whole, this whole period has really been like, I think for so many pe- people, an opportunity to slow it down. And some people maybe not, but to also, I guess, recalibrate their lives and just, and kind of take better care of themselves, you know, have time to cook and to bake or to, to, you know, meditate or to, to exercise more frequently and you know people aren't commuting to work people are kind of living a bit of a you know hopefully more balanced life. You went one way or the other totally, totally you either sat at home and ate your face off yeah or you decided to change things totally. um it, it I still can't believe that last year even happened and we are where we are it's just too mental to even comprehend isn't it it's it sucks for everybody and that's what people need to remember it no matter who you are, no matter where you are, life is is difficult. So try and be kind. I do think the being kind, being considerate, understanding that everybody's probably got something going on is the tack to take. I just honestly don't know how this, I don't know where things go from, like when does normality resume? Because I'm just desperate to see people. Yeah. It feels like a year. We've just lost a year. And like, it's, I think, you know, the crazy thing is when you see like your godchildren or fa- like when you start to see family oh, and like, like the kids are like doubled in height or something. But it's also you've just got just a bad like... chin to show for it. I've lost a year. My chin's grown and the kids have really <laughs> shut up. <laughs> for me, it's taught me patience again. And I think that is very valuable. Yeah. Because everything was instant before, instant gratification, instant totally. everything. You could get anything delivered, anything. like, And now you have to wait. And now you have to plan. And now you have to. <laughs> That's my rescue baby behind me. I saw. What? Is that Oat? Yeah. Oat, come here, please. What's Aww. the current um, count on the dog front? Two cats, two dogs. Two cats. And the two rescue. The cat. I've got two rescues. Play and then, nicely with the yeah. dogs. Uh, the cat and this one are best friends. Oh, they play like all day that. long. It's really sweet and funny, and it, it makes me like crazy cat lady pet mom that is like, yeah. oh my god, look at them! <laughs> I'm so proud of my yeah. But, I, I always find cats too unpredictable. Wait until you meet Meow Meow. <laughs> I like that she's called she or he. She is named Meow Meow because she was originally named Boots. Like Puss in Boots. Oh, uh, not but, Boots, the cosmetic store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but she she literally would meow all day. Like, meow, meow. She's talking. Meow. So I nicknamed her Meow Meow, and then she started coming to Meow Meow. She never came to her name, but as soon as I called her Meow Meow, she came to it. So yeah. cats pick their names. It's weird. <laughs> but my, my Meow Meow, her legs, I didn't know this. So I was... Um, a, f- a roommate at the time was uh, said, let's get a cat. And he did all the research. And I said, okay. And we both put money into it. And actually, I ended up paying for all of it. How much is a cat? And then the cat. I don't know. This was like a $1,000. 
because you had to fly it from New York to uh, so this is an imported cap to get yeah, to L- to LA. I was in, like I said, I wasn't involved in anything other than paying for the cat. Mm. I didn't know what the cat was going to look like. Nothing. This cat came. I didn't even know that cats could look like this. She has legs this long. What have they done with her legs? She's they. I guess it's a it's a breed of cat called a rug hugger. And I have to say, knowing what I have learned now. I wouldn't encourage people to go and buy these kind of cats because it's not, uh, they breed them and it actually gives them lots of problems. And yeah. the, the the reason I moved back into my apartment. Oh God, what are you going to say? Go on. It's for my cat. What? They have little legs, so they get back and leg problems and spinal problems because it's harder for them to climb upstairs and do things so that if there's, no stairs and no anything she's got a longer chance of living because i love her so you much could have put ramps, or you could have put mini um you could have just put ramps everywhere and i, I moved back into my apartment for my cat so yeah <laughs> in terms of your kitchen space um talk to me how much time are you currently spending in there is it the heart of your home is it the hub of your home where's right now it has become the heart of my home because i have a friend staying with me and he actually introduced me to the guy that I'm seeing. We do this thing called family dinner and we all cook something different, a different dish and um, eat dinner. And I have the biggest dining table. So okay. each week it revolves around family dinner and, and who's doing what. And it's people that are in, I have a quarantine bubble. Right. Okay. So the people in our quarantine bubble, we don't see anyone else outside of it. So how many people are you allowed in that bubble? So it's literally like, um, my friend and his girlfriend. So there's just, there's five of us. Okay. So, uh, but we don't see anyone else outside that bubble. Right. And we like check on each other. And if you have seen someone, you can't You're come out. back in for four. Like, it's <laughs> like, you are You're out. out. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to get tested. And it's crazy. I don't see my parents without having a COVID test. I feel like that's the responsible thing to do though, because why would you risk it? You just wouldn't. Mm-mm okay not with my dad no and okay I'm gonna ask quickly how is he he's doing good he has taken up swimming so he's so tan and I can't remember since like the 90s ever seeing my dad with a tan someone was like look at you you bronze god he's like (laughs) and he's changing his hair and I really love his new hair because he's finally letting his natural uh gray come through oh okay and how old is he now 73 this year 72 that's still within a reasonable age range (laughs) but he looks so good he's got the most perfect color silver hair you have ever seen it's like I think I've got those coming through here (laughs) like (laughs) like really stunning silver gray Um, (laughs) I keep saying to my friends I'm like what do you do with that I'm like other than pluck them out I was like I'm just gonna start shaving I'll tell you what you do shaving these patches here no you just get a sharpie and color it in do you know Sloane told me about that yeah you just do it with a sharpie but I was like is that a permanent mark I can't be doing that every day that's what I used to do when I had my hair black remember we'd do the sharpie in the roots oh yeah I totally didn't ever think of that okay Well, you know, just another female struggle. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> but what I did master in quarantine is like, I, I 
looked at my face and found every unwanted hair you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> and now I'm obsessed with tweezing in a new way that, like, I never was before. Great. To pass time, <laughs> I swear to God, I there was one week I spent with my parents during the lo- first lockdown and got kicked out by my sister because she doesn't like me. But, but still. <laughs> yeah. Her issue, not mine. Um, but she, uh, <laughs> me and my mum would sit outside to pass time and tweeze our leg hairs out. I quite like doing leg hairs. A facial hair. Tweeze them. Yeah, yeah. That's I did an entire leg. Oh, that's that's so a lot of hairs. Yeah. Did you kind of get a bit of growth first so they you could really kind of get some? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's, yeah, that I find quite therapeutic. That's essentially meditation. But also, like, that's what I was doing, tweezing my leg hairs yeah. because I was that bored. So really productive. You've got one yeah. hairless leg and a face with zero hair. Yeah. <laughs> Except for eyebrows I, and eyelashes. You know what I didn't realise is that, and I feel slightly resentful that no one's mentioned it sooner, is that I kind of have, like, hair round here, kind of like an extension from my sideburns, like separate facial hair. Everyone does it, peach fuzz, and when you get older, it just gets darker. Okay, well, how old am I? Because mine's really dark. <laughs> I'm like... Just get the little thingy that you... That electric thingy that gets rid of it. a razor. Do you mean a razor? <laughs> a blade? No, it's like this, like, I got it in a gift bag, and it... I can't start that. It's it like, starts coming back darker. I got laser... Or you could thread my, it. But does it still come back darker? No. Okay. I do remember before I got married, getting my moustache lasered, and afterwards, I was like, it, now I have a shadow. I was like, she's like, well, you can't. That's why like, I never did it. What is that? I was like, you've basically taken away my hair and given me some kind of skin shadow, like some kind of dark thing on my skin, which doesn't <laughs> so, go. Did they then give you the bleaching cream to get rid of it? No, but that would have worked. That's, that's what I did. Same okay. thing happened to me. Why I should have contacted you sooner. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I always find um, is that cooking for me is quite meditative. Um, I recently heard that you had started to meditate. And yes. for me, I actually, I did like a verdict meditation course a few years back and made Tom come with me, my husband. And that was all a whole other story, which was hysterical and embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I w- wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that. No, you really don't because he has a really big beard and that his kind of spiritual moment kind of started in his beard. He had this full head tingling and went all, like he had this real moment of like awakening. It was like full body encompassing he woke up um so that was interesting but for you saw the light there is no bringing him back but for you how has it been because you speak about ADHD all of these kind of things going on has this been so I I'm an addict I'm an alcoholic I have ADHD and OCD so when I am allowed to be left on my own with my own thoughts I am a fucking crazy person, like insane. I can convince myself of things that have never happened and I have arguments with people and then I'm mad at them That and they've said words to me in my mind that they've actually never even said or thought and then I'm just like, ah. I took the 30-day course on the car map and by the end of it, like, it it becomes my favourite part of the day and I don't know what happens. I know what um, Tom's talking about with that. That Did you feeling. get like the the kind of tingly hands, it, the full? It, yeah, it kind of get like this like wave of almost goosebumps that starts and yeah, it, it just is a, a time that I can just give myself. Yeah. 
and I didn't realize how it would then trickle effect on everything in my life. Yeah. Because I used to be like, oh, meditating, not doing that. Who can sit still for that long? And it's a crazy thing that you actually like the, to learn it is a, is something you have to kind of commit to and focus on doing. It sounds like a really bizarre thing to like. I'm going to learn to sit still and think about not much. And like, who is learning to do that? But you actually you do, and it's like a really amazing. I like I found it to be so like such a big game changer for just clarity, focus, calmness, like just feeling like just taking some time out. It starts to make you realize what you need to work on and what areas in your life state still may need a little bit of help. And it really helps with sleep. Do you think that um, off the back of rehab that you have actually had a real shift in terms of how you prioritize wellness and well-being and mental health and, you know, how important it is to invest in those things? I'll tell you right now, I was very lucky that I had the opportunity to go down the roads that I've gone to in recovery, it is an expensive road. Right. And I acknowledge that. And I, I took three years off work and used every single bit of my savings I had left to pay for. Literally, I was in therapy every single day for the first year. That is such every a day. commitment. Because I, I, I was like, you know what, if I don't do this, if I don't give myself this one chance, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Recovery really is a beautiful thing and it's not a perfect road and mine is not paved in gold and can be very messy at times. And it's just, if you fall, you pick yourself back up and you start again. Do you feel like now you have that, that you're, I mean, not to make this all about kind of mental health and wellness, but do you feel like you, you know, things have really shifted and that's, that's the center of your recovery? It is, but I also know how quickly things can go the other way. The pendulum shifts very fast. It shifts in the wrong direction in lightning speed. Right. It takes a while for it to get to the, it's a slow and steady. Yeah. But you're still sober at the moment. And like, is that what, three, four years? Uh, Yeah, three and a half years. That's so amazing. That really is really, really I just don't. Don't, I didn't want to be that person. You don't need it. Like, you don't need, like, I, I think for some people, you know, they come out of their shell or, like. But it was also admitting that, like, shell. I'm, yeah, and I needed a bit of extra help, too. Yeah. Like, I fought going on antidepressants my whole life. I was really English about it in the sense that I'm like, I'm not a crazy person. I don't need antidepressants. Right. I took it and it, like, was the final piece of the puzzle for me in, was like, oh, I, d- I don't have to wake up and feel like this every day. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is something that I can do to put myself in a better place. Yeah. But this is how messed up I am. I, in the sense that I'm like, oh, I feel great now. I'd have to take that. Yeah, of course. But and then everyone's like, you feel great because you're taking that. Don't stop taking it. Yeah. And there has been a couple of instances where I'm like, I don't need it anymore. I don't want to take it, and I've gone. Right. Okay. But at least, you're, at least you're kind of aware of that. I know. Yeah. Um, the one of the things I mean not obviously in the same realm at all because I haven't battled drink and drug addiction but one of the things that I just thought was worth touching on with you and because I think it had such a profound impact for my life is like the power of positive and being able to reprogram your mindset and 
Um, you may be the most positive person I know, oh, Bella on it. Oh, I love that. Um, well, <laughs> but I you, you, I just remember everybody, you walking in and just being like, all happy. And I'd be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting out of bed. And then all I would hear is, tink, and it would be the plate with a sandwich on. I'm like, okay, I'm up. <laughs> so I feel like I wasn't really going to mention this because I didn't really know what, like, where to mention it. But just to put this into context, I worked for you for maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, but Anna was not just somebody that worked with me. You were like my best fucking friend. We did everything together with Lucy and the things that I put you through. Like, I oh, first of all, I am sorry. Oh, what for? I <laughs> we had a great time. It was madness. Like, I still find post-it notes from the boxes because I'm going through all my storage now when I've moved into this place of like the notes that you would leave me and like cooking is confidence and then all the stuff on prudence and like uh well cooking is confidence and um we will get to that again (laughs) I'm gonna sign you up sign you up some um, personal zoom classes we can really take you to level two (laughs) um you kind of touched on this a little bit before um the I feel like you're looking like amazingly in shape and I know everybody is talking about this and we're really not gonna go on about this but isn't it crazy how I've done terrible fucking things in my life and I've been such a douchebag but the minute I lose weight it's all they care about it's crazy but do you feel amazing she feels good I'm not gonna (laughs) lie you know what it is is that I'm at that age where like women start to like my chin, this chin, the skin under my chin has dropped. What Mind you, I want chin this so bad. That's what would be, if I ever got any sort of plastic surgery, that would be the first. And it's not because my skin's dropped, it's because I lost so much weight, I have a bit of saggy skin. No, you don't. You've always had very good skin on your face. But I, all of a sudden, it just kind of, it was like, I think 28 came. And that's when I started to see a bit of difference. And then progressively, I'm like, like what is this you know <laughs> I don't appreciate it well I've been doing lots of research on that if you would okay. like me to give send it your way do we want to talk about going vegan I was kind of said you did a fairly long well, going vegan. so the vegan thing for me what was the impetus other than weight loss was it a mindset is it a it's animals okay and I care about the animals I can't I, can't, I don't know what happened in the last I want to say three years a switch happened where I can't put meat in my mouth. I so put it in my mouth vegan? and I'm like, um, predominantly vegetarian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't eat the flesh anymore. It it's a, it's it a weird freaks one. me yeah. out. Uh, what's the last dish that you cooked? Shepherd's pie. <gasps> and what's the one dish I taught you? Sandwich. <laughs> Cal, I tried to teach you how to make a shepherd's pie and brownies. No, I know. I'm just teasing you. It was it. You taught me how to make the perfect sandwich, but it was shepherd's pie. I only know how to make shepherd's pie because of you. Okay, well, good. So we all know that you have a very tight bond with your family. Um, how important are family gatherings and is food at the center of those gatherings? Um, not really. What are you My mom doing? can't cook. I was going to ask, like, do like has Sharon or Ozzy got any uh, kind on of it, issues? This year's been, yeah, <laughs> nine, it's got nine, nine, nine. The firemen come. Oh, so neither of them will cook. They don't have like a great cheesy beans on toast or they don't have like a jacket potato. I, I will say though, Curtis Stone is doing this thing where he prepares these meals and then what you do, and they come in like these crockery pots and you just put each one in the oven for 20 minutes and it's like 
like family style with everything. So oh, you, nice. you're just warming pre-cooked meals already up. And, and my mum absolutely loves him and loves his food. And that's what they've been doing recently. But unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to taste any of it yet. So hang on, is that kind of Mediterranean style? We don't know. I don't, I, I think it, it's British mostly because that's what my dad likes. Oh, really? Like the yeah. home comfort? Mm-hmm. Me, it's like uh, my text message chain with my dad is literally just like a list of shit we missed from England. I was going to ask you about this. What is the, what's the shit you miss? Oh my God. So first of all, it's the fruit and vegetables and the bread. What? Bread is different. Or you know what? You it need to is, go to Air One or is it called Air One or is it like the most well- uh, Yeah, Air One. World's most expensive the, bread. But okay, okay. I, you go, no, but I'll tell you this, you have an apple here, even if it's 100% organic, whatever you may be in, it's like a $5 apple. You'll eat it, it doesn't taste of anything. You come to England and you eat an apple and it tastes like an apple. Well, we produce brilliant apples. What can I say? But it's, <laughs> but it's also, the apple is like this big in America right. and an apple in England is like this big. Right. It, it's just whatever they put in it to genetically modify the food to make it look more edible takes the taste away and really? that kind of stuff you really like when you have a tomato from England versus a tomato from America you, you're like oh my god this tastes so yeah different. but you have like amazing weather so you should like the fruit and veg should be ripening and like even buying local yeah but we also have Monsanto some genetically modified insane food that is destroying the planet it, it's really interesting that is with the the produce but then there's stuff like you know, I miss my jammy dodgers and my Jaffa cakes and my Cadbury's caramel and my hula hoops and twiglets and all the stuff that you like refreshes and fruit salads and all the stuff that you can't get here. I mean, like I'm on my live, my ration tin. <laughs> I have only got two oh, rolls of refreshers left. <laughs> but I have more Marmite than any, I've got like four jars of Marmite. Well, I keep going to the shop and not being able to get Marmite because that is the key to an amazing vegan gravy, Marmite. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I feel like Marmite and HP sauce together is a really great, I think it's vegan, but vegetarian at least, gravy. Uh, I guess dishes from your childhood, were there any real standout dishes that you, when you think of home and you think of comfort food and that, you know, there's that one dish, like for me, my nan always made us shepherd's, well, we called it shepherd's pie, it was cottage pie. And that's my, you know, and Christmas mince pies would be my thing that really takes me back to my childhood. Like, what is there a specific dish that you would have or? Um, I think because my mom didn't cook that much, my favorite thing to eat was turkey, dinosaurs, mashed potatoes and peas. Okay. I mean, do you we remember all, those turkey? We all like, went okay. through, yeah, we all went through that yeah, phase. Like, and then potato like waffles. bird's eye potato waffles. Yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah. So that, that really reminds me of being a little girl. But I think the one dish for me would be toad in the hole. I love toad in the hole. Just to, uh, with mash and gravy, bisto all over it. Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> I miss. Like, um, I mean, oh God. Like, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what I would fucking do for a sausage roll, like a real one. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, I find myself saying that out loud, and people are like looking at me, like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" Because they don't, they don't, they don't get it. They don't like, know. like, yes, I would wait in line at Greg's for the vegan sausage roll. Thank wow, you. Wow, they've sold you know? out, babe. <laughs> they really flew out the door. Um, Restaurant-wise, where do you head back to time and time again? Like London or LA? 
this is, see I'm a creature of habit and yeah. nostalgia and it's all the places that I went when I was a kid I still go so everything like you know me in London my first stop what is it I mean I want to say chicken cottage <laughs> yeah I know chicken cottage <laughs> Be like, oh, no, I need chicken cottage. No, I know I, I do love chicken cottage. It's so uh, fucking bad. I still, it's it's um, Wagamama. It's well, always my first it. stop. Yeah, Wagamama. I get the chicken ramen, no chicken, and the ibi katsu, and that's I get my forty-two with wholemeal noodles. Add all the chili oil, all the sprinkles, and just really pig out. But it, it's it. They've opened um, a Wagamama in a couple of places in America, and it's not the same. Oh, really? That's it's not the same. Um, and where's the most lavish place you've ever eaten? Probably Windsor Castle. <gasps> what did they serve you? Deer. Oh. With? And I ate it because I didn't want to be rude. How But I remember looking at my brother. <laughs> it was uh, Princess Eugenie's 18th birthday. What? And... Um, it was quite. What did you wear? One of the most. It was. It was themed like a Edwardian. Mark. So you had to be. I remember I wore this amazing Vivian Westwood dress with a mask. Or I had a mask. I think oh. I can't remember. No. I'm only suggesting that because you yeah. kind of you gestured to that. I felt like yeah, did you and then it had like. And I like I didn't know that about royal seating and stuff like that. That when you go to those kind of events, you don't sit next to the person you've come with they sit you at a table and you don't know who you're going to be sat with and I ended up being sat with uh now princess Beatrice's husband who is that what's his name uh Eduardo Mapoli Metzi Count Eduardo I think he just goes by Edo how was he (laughs) very nice entertaining funny funny yeah I remember his family was very funny too oh okay um, and any really kind of impressive dessert with that? I don't, I don't remember what the dessert was. All I remember, it was the one and only time I've ever eaten deer. Okay. Um, I think it was deer or lamb. I can't lamb. remember. It's just, I just remember being like, oh. <laughs> mm, delicious. <laughs> yeah. And just being like, you have to eat this. <laughs> um, so you've split a lot of your time between both London and LA and very much identify as British. But perhaps for the last decade, home has been Los Angeles. Is LA where you will be for the foreseeable? How does life differ out there? When I have children, I'm coming home. Really? Oh, 100%. What, like, what, so what is LA serving now? My brother's children. I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to miss any of the good bits. Uh, my dad's sick, so I don't want to not be here to help and be with him. But... If that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be living here. Really? Do your Does your yeah. mum and dad love their LA lifestyle over kind of British lifestyle? No, because we are in this constant argument with ourselves on do we go home or not? Do we go home or not? I'm always like, yeah, please go home because then I can go home. Really? But yeah. And what is it that you miss about London or like, British weather, I don't know what I'm saying. Everything. I miss everything. The countryside? It's, 
I miss the countryside, I miss the food, I miss the telly, I miss the way that people have no qualms about telling to fuck off and move on with it, and everything is not a production, and, every, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there is, there is just a matter of fact and common sense about life in the UK that you can't get here. Really? Mm-mm. It's just, uh, I'm too English. It's weird, I'm not, I, I love it here, I live here. Yeah. So, it, but... I would prefer to be home. Really? And work And it's just my family that keeps me here. Really? But I feel like work, you've you've had, you know, you've achieved so much at just 36, from having a number one single to performing in Chicago in the West End, Fashion Please, Project One Runway, Australia's Got Talent, Dancing with Stars, three albums, two books, the list goes on. Um, what would you consider to be your biggest achievement today? Where do you consider your strength lie? Do you consider yourself a singer, dancer, performer, actor? Like, I'm See, so See, this curious. is the question I... I don't know what I am in that. Uh, the thing that I am most proud of is that I have learned to be myself. Yeah. And do you Whatever think that, that is, is. Has that come with sobriety or is that part of like everything you've learned around I think around part that? of my struggle was my fight just to be me. Yeah. When everyone else wanted me to be something that I didn't want to be. Yeah. Or, or I am that classic person that will cut their nose off to spite their face right. in the sense like if you're all telling me to do it I ain't gonna do it even if it's what's best for me that's where like my stubbornness and like the anarchist that in me that will never die comes in and I have to remember to be more mature about what is best for me but yeah have you read the um, um oh sorry to interrupt but have you read on. the chimp paradox no that is very much a, about the inner sabotage the 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 inner chimp, they call it. And it's exactly that. And it's about how you manage your chimp. It's yeah. a very, it's an interesting read, but it's like, you, you know, you grow up learning things to be a certain way and you are reactionary and all of a sudden that becomes a habit that becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. So it's so in like, I, I guess as an adult, you, there's a certain sense of responsibility towards yourself to change that or to recognize that you need to change that, which it's kind of sounds like you have. It, I have. And it's also like, nobody wants to hear a 36-year-old woman complaining about why their life isn't together. At this point in time, it's like, shut the fuck up. Get up and do it. Get up and be what you want to be. If people, if you don't like what people are saying about you, change it. Change the narrative. You have the power to do that. So what? So in terms of the work you've done, the, I mean, like the projects you've done, are like that's. A, I think that's one a, of my most favorite ones was being hired by Disney to do the voice of Hildy Gloom on the 7D, which not only was their first, um, the first thing they've done with the story of Snow White outside of Snow White in Disney history. I was one of the first uh, original Disney villains of the 21st century, which is so cool in the animation world and getting to play that character and then winning an Emmy. I didn't personally win it. I sung the song that won the Emmy for Perry Grip, who, for best like I have not heard cartoon song, song and, uh, <laughs> it's called I'm not very nice <laughs> oh. and but like it, it, they gave me this song and then gave me the permission to do whatever I wanted with it so what it was when Perry wrote it versus what I turned it into with the um the vocal techniques I used and the different way I sang it was it, it made it more like punk rock and fun and it was so cool to get to do that and just to go from being the 
kid that parents were like, stay away from that kid, to the girl that Disney was hiring, that was like, oh, that's cool. I like that. In terms of how you see yourself, like, you know, you're writing up your CV, you're desperately trying to get some work in, you know, what's at the top of the CV? Where are you still like going, you know, I am, I'm in Well, first and foremost, I am a, a reality TV personality because that's where I started. That's what introduced me into this world. Um, I think I shed that and then I was a singer. But now, I can't talk about it but I'm a full-blown actress (gasps) okay um well that's exciting and congratulations (laughs) I started a project two months after getting sober okay I worked with uh two really incredible people uh uh, Elliot Lester who's English he's the director okay um and Kevin Bish who's the writer right and he wrote Hitch and we wow. put together this script and I have sold it. Carl, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. And, and you're going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I need to get this episode out ASAP. <laughs> we need to, yeah, we need to break the news. <laughs> Do not tell anybody so, else. It's, I'm not, I promise I won't. <laughs> I, I, I promise I won't. But yeah, and but so like I am in training every day and acting classes every day and really preparing for this new thing that all starts and stop with me being good at it so it's a lot of pressure I mean that's a really amazing project like are you kidding so when like when do things start are you like every single day I get it like update on where we are with it and now we're looking at like shooting locations and where we're going and, and it's becoming so real that it's starting to scare me a little bit and I'm trying and I'm like don't sabotage this don't ruin no, this no. this is what you've wanted your whole life and it's happening that's, but also, you know, an amazing focus to have. And do you think it, like... Um, I, I'm just going to tell you because you're my friend rather than telling anyone else. Okay. I also sold three more TV shows this week, so... What? Where are you getting these TV shows? Just plucking them out of the air. It's all what I did when I was in quarantine. I was like, I wanted to do a TV show about this and I want to do this about that. And it all happened because I... I just sat behind my computer and was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Carol, that's so amazing. And I mean, just to be that productive and to, you know, you've got to feel like you're in a good place to put that stuff out there. So my next question to you was going to be, what do you still want to achieve? And it sounds like you're just about to hit a period of time in your life where you're about to achieve all sorts. But, you know, what does the next 10 years look like? I just want to work my ass off to do what makes me happy and get these TV shows out there and really work on the craft of acting more and not being afraid to say that I'm an actress and say that I'm a singer and go out there and and make my dreams come true. Because I spent so much time believing that I wasn't good enough and it was all bullshit. It's a really crazy and debilitating like concept to to believe that, and it, uh, like obviously there's so many root causes, but I I just feel like you know who actually said to me and made such a huge difference was Henry's mum. So Henry Holland's mum, you know, he grew up with her singing like Louise Hay, and like you know she embodied the kind of power of positive, ask the universe, manifesting, all of that, and you know 
it's just telling yourself there's a different reality. And it's, it's like you don't realize how, how brutal and how affecting it can I'll be. I'll give an example. There was this hill behind my apartment and I, I used to tell myself, I can never walk up that hill. That is way too steep. I would never be able to do it. Yeah. I, there's just no way. And for three, four years, I never walked up that hill. I did it a couple weeks ago. It was nothing. Yeah. Like it was nothing. And nine times out of 10, every obstacle that you think you can't overcome is, turns out to be like, oh yeah, that was nothing. I was nothing. And that was just like, I know it's a stupid example and it was just a a hill, but it. Metaphorically. Yeah. (laughs) It was a big hurdle. But it wasn't. It's when I, when I tried and I did it, it wasn't at all. Yeah. I feel like that's so often the case, isn't it? is that your mind can just take you to a whole different place with something. The mind is the most powerful thing in the world and it can really mess with you. That's what I honestly just think meditating is like the most, or, you know, whether that's, meditation can be walking out in nature. It can be, I think it's just having that downtime where you're not, where your mind isn't busy. Well, all you're thinking about is putting one foot in front of the other rather than. Yeah, 100%. But now it's like, it all stops and starts with me and I'm this week that the realization of everything that is coming forward in the future kind of stopped me in my tracks and I couldn't really get out of bed on Monday meditate and I think that that's what was happening to me last week when I got that thing and went to the doctor because I didn't feel well right because it's like anxiety consuming me so terrible anxiety from it all but it's my dreams and my dreams are finally coming true and if it goes through when when it goes through I will have three tv shows on one network and one on another and you look good you feel good it's all kind of falling into place so you know all the hard work is totally worth it that's amazing thank you really amazing I'm very happy for you and I can't wait to see and follow along I was actually going to be pushing for like details about is the Osborne's coming back to the screens like what's happening there's a fashion show that's in the work like Osborne's, I'm getting a nod. No. No Osborne. No Osborne. But yes to the I fashion. have something in the works. Okay. Ooh, like and, reality style. Yeah. And I also have something in the fashion world and the music world in the works. Are these, are these part of the three um, projects you were just saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we have so much to look forward to. There's so much coming our way. I, they, and... You know me, if I don't have an excuse to get out of bed in the morning, I feel like my life isn't worth living. So this is amazing, you've got all the excuses. And I've got, I have to work. I love working. I love getting up, doing it and being tired when I get to bed. Yeah. Um, Has there been anyone that's impacted or inspired you along the way? Um, My brother was a huge inspiration for me when it came to the sobriety because he, he knows he's been there at birth. There's nobody who knows my experience better than him because yeah. no one else grew up in my family other than him. Yeah. And so it, and I really mean that, like my sister wasn't even around. It it was just me and him. So it's, it, to, for him, he really got it and was very understanding and patient and kind with me. And, you know, it's a very vulnerable transition yeah. into adulthood and it was scary. So any person who was sober was an inspiration to me. Yeah. I know that you've kind of spoken quite a lot about Joan Rivers being like a really big influence 
Not huge influence you. on my life and and the hardest thing that first it was Amy and then it was Joan and I, I was just like everybody that becomes my best friend and is so close to me they just go and I think that's where my abandonment issues came from is that like this and survivor's guilt and this fear of being left behind came from was all of that I know that kind of previously it's kind of researching this that when you speak about Joan like the joy and the laughter and the humor and oh she was the best gift of a human that has ever been introduced into my life I learned so much to have her as my mentor for as long as I did is invaluable like I can't even say she made every single day worth living and a joy and exciting and there was there was and never will be anyone like her again I can only pray that I end up coming this close. Like, like it's insane. And I just consider myself lucky that I got to, to have as much time with her. What's been the most valuable lessons you've learned along the way? I think for me, it's certain things like no is a full sentence. You can say no to people. No is a full sentence. Like, you, you can say no. And that was really valuable for me to learn. For anyone wanting to get into the TV industry, what words of wisdom would you offer? Be yourself. Be the best version of yourself because people can see through the cracks. Okay. And if you're fake, they'll figure you out. If you're lying, they'll bust you. And especially the British. Yeah. Is there anything that I should ask you that's a good question? (laughs) I think the one thing that uh, to, to hit on what we were saying before is... When people write about me, the one thing, or, or they talk about me, and whether it's an interview or whatever it is, right now all they focus on is the weight loss. Yeah. And I had to get happy before I could lose the weight, and I wish that they would focus on that. Yeah, because that's the message everyone. Because needs to get on yeah, I, I think that is like the the weight loss was the payoff. Yeah, the the happiness was what got me there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying I'm happy every day. I'm not, but I generally like where I am right now is very even and very like um Paul McCartney two thumbs up in it <laughs> that is sexy <laughs> thank you and finally you're going to be making us your go-to sandwich but you can just talk me through it um I realize if I was in your kitchen I would really hope that you would make me it but um being as we can't can you uh can you talk me through your go-to Okay, I will talk you through my go-to sandwich. So it depends if I'm in England or America, but if I'm in England, we'll go for the King's Mill. Okay, white or brown? White. You always go for the brown because you like the fanciness of it all. But (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I I like my white bread. So I do that and then I put, um, what's that one cheese spread that, Philadelphia? Cream it's not cheese. Philadelphia. It, it comes in a... Um, oh, like... Prim- yes, that one. Prim- I don't know how you say it. I can't remember <laughs> it. I put that on one side. Okay. And then I get chicken, uh, cut up avocado, lie that on, put cucumber on it, iceberg lettuce, salt and pepper, and then I put salad cream on the other side of the bread. And that. there you go. What? Because I, in my mind, the, the Kelly Osborne sandwich... Maybe 
I thought it was mayonnaise, but I mean, I like salad cream. <laughs> so I've switched. I don't. It's switched. weird. All stuff like mayonnaise, I don't like anymore. Is it the same over there? Yeah. I I, mm, I think it smells a bit eggier in England. <laughs> oh, we like it eggy over here. Really yeah. eggy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lastly, oh, can we take a peek in your fridge? Yeah. Okay. Because for so, me, one, I forgot to say one of the things that I do a lot of is juicing. Oh, okay. Do you know what? I was going to ask you that. And then I thought, well, maybe that's actually boring. It's not. I love juicing. I don't eat, in, I don't eat breakfast. I juice in the morning. Okay. And what are you putting it's in your way juice? Better. Uh, celery, apple, and that's what I have in the morning. Okay. And then I'll do this one from Creation, which has turmeric in it because, okay, look. So in my fridge right now, it's really bare because family dinner just happened. So we have to restock everything. Okay. Well, I'm pleased that there's not a lot of waste. I get like really cute little notes left for me. What's the stick it notes say? I can't see. It's cooler than the fridge. <laughs> and hang on. So what if we got some good condiments or something in there? Because I feel like my fridge is probably... 30, okay, so the most condiment. interesting one is um, my current. We don't we don't use the word boyfriend, so okay, lover, um, sexual partner. There we go. <laughs> he was he. This is from I think Colombia. Salsa sauce, and it's it's like this South American Lizano. sauce that he uses to cook with whatever he makes with that is always amazing so that's is it a green leave. sauce but excuse me oh the Branston <laughs> don't mess with me and my pickles Branston pickle and one last question do you still have your chicken cottage keyring? I do still have my no, chicken cottage keyring. I swear to fucking god where is it hold on <laughs> I do hold on I found it on the keychain, and because you do you remember Fleur had a hold on, I actually just found it like not that long ago going through all the boxes, and I was like, I have to fucking save this. I still have it. That's brilliant. I would love that we, I love that it already came up though in the conversation that we've already covered off Chicken Cottage. <laughs> It's so weird. Everyone's like, what? You're so weird. Why is it that you don't want, like, anyone else would be like, no, boo. Yeah. I'm like, give me fucking chicken cottage and a sandwich. I'm good. Well, this is why, you know, you're a natural fit for the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she, I know she loves sandwiches. This is just, we have to get her on the show. The art of a good sandwich is bloody hard. Well, you know. Nobody makes a better sandwich than you. No thank one. you. No one. Your sandwiches saved my life many times. Thank you. <laughs> and I think on that note, we can end. There is nothing else to say. <laughs> well, okay. So, Cal, it's been, yeah, it's been so lovely to talk to you. I've loved every minute of it. Um, Me too. Thank you for dishing up all the gossip. Don't you dare tell anybody else what's going on. I promise I won't tell anyone else. You, you have the exclusive on all of it. Um, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, and oh, one other thing. I'm actually launching a podcast. Go on. And it is called The Kelly Osbourne and Jeff Beecher Show. And it is a mixture of what Beecher's Madhouse, yeah. The Osbournes, Howard Stern, and just Chaos. madness. It's fun and it's very exciting. And I cannot wait for you to, for everyone to hear that. So that'll be out in February, I think. 
Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Amazing. Well, we will definitely look out for that. I miss you and I love you so much. Oh, this has been so nice. You know, I still have that kangaroo ball bag you bought back from Australia for me. Do you? Mm, I do. That pouch. See, the kangaroo ball bag was what had that uh, dick-shaped bottle opener inside of it. So I still think I have mine as well. Oh, well, I hope you still have the... (laughs) I mean, it was a lovely (laughs) gift. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you again for that. (laughs) Okay, thank you, thank you. you. Have the best day. Thank you, thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you for joining me this week on The Filling. You can follow me at Anna Barnett Cooks on Instagram for exclusive visuals of my guests' fabulous kitchens and for the recipe to recreate their go-to sandwiches. And, of course, subscribe to The Filling on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. The music for today's podcast was recorded by Pony Bones. <laughs>